Welcome back to At The Buzzer. I'm your host, Andrew Loveliner, joined alongside my co-host, Tyler Fertel and Dean McCollum. Today, we're going to be discussing the Western and Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, and first, we're going to start off in the West. So first, quick disclaimer, we are filming this after the Suns uh, beat the Clippers in Game 1. So as of right now, uh, we know that the Suns are up 1-0 against the Clippers. Um, but regardless, Tyler, what are your thoughts on this series and who do you think is going to come out victorious? So before I go into who I have uh, winning the series, I just want to talk about how the the first game of this uh, this playoff series was actually very fun to watch. I mean, it was back and forth. The Suns up ended up coming out on top because of their late game run and because of the spectacular uh, play of Devin Booker. Although they did uh, let the Clippers cut it to six uh, with that one minute left in the fourth quarter, they were really really good. So that closed it out for them, but. For the Suns, I feel like that they've been really, really good in this playoff so far. They beat the uh, Lakers, the defending champions, who were injury-riddled in uh, six games. And then they beat the Nuggets, who were also injury-riddled in four games. But that was that was a great series for them because they got a lot of extra rest that the Clippers didn't get and were able to finish off the Nuggets really quickly and just go straight to the Western Conference Finals. And I feel like their depth has really been helpful. Obviously, Chris Paul is out currently due to protocols. He should be returning either for game two or game three, but campaign has uh, really been spectacular while he's been out. He was good in game one. He was really good against the Lakers uh, when Chris Paul was out with that shoulder injury and he was consistent against the Nuggets too. So he's been really important. Jay Crabber's intensity has been really good. DeAndre Ayton is having a great playoffs, a gr- amazing first uh, playoffs uh, for him. And then obviously Devin Booker has been probably arguably maybe behind Kevin Durant, the best player in the playoffs so far. He put up 40 points in a triple double against in this first game of the series. So he's been spectacular. If, uh, if Chris Paul comes back soon, I feel like that this series could potentially end up being a sweep uh, because Kawhi Leonard and with the reports I've seen, it could potentially be an ACL injury. Clippers haven't really said anything. He's out for game two, but my guess is he'll probably be out the whole series. So if Chris Paul returns soon enough, and as we saw the Suns uh, without Chris Paul and the Clippers without Kawhi Leonard, the Suns came out on top. So if the Suns get back, they're probably best player and the Clippers don't. I feel like the series isn't going to be as good as people maybe hope it's going to be. But uh, on the Clippers side of things in the late uh, Utah Jazz series and uh, their their bench really and their their bench and really their depth overall. Uh, played really, really well. Terrence Mann, as we all know, put up 39 points in that uh, game seven against, or sorry, game six against the Jazz. That was, that put him over the top in that game. And Reggie Jackson has been putting up really, really good numbers uh, in the past two series. So he's been good. And then DeMarcus Cousins, although they lost, did put up, I think, 11 points in four to five minutes. So if you can continue to do that, definitely gives the Clippers a chance. But in this series, I feel like the Suns, have been more of a consistent team throughout the playoffs. The Clippers' depth before the end of that Jazz series wasn't really that good. They almost lost to a Mavericks team that wasn't as talented, in my opinion, as the Clippers are. So they looked a little uh, rocky against the the Mavericks. I thought that they probably should have lost that series. And then early in the Jazz series, they were down 2-0, but then ended up making a good comeback. But I feel like the Suns have shown that they're a really good team throughout the playoffs so far. And the Clippers recently have but i'm just i'm not convinced they can beat a sun's team especially without Kawhi leonard so i think that they can steal one game but after that uh, other than that i don't think they can so i'm gonna have the suns winning in five games in this series 
Yeah, Tyler, you made some good points about how the Suns are just overall a much deeper team than the Clippers. And watching the Suns uh, throughout their playoff run this uh, season re- like really made me aware of how deep of a team they are. I wasn't really aware of that during the regular season. But uh, when they fought out versus the Lakers in the first round, all of their guys were just playing like max contract players like Cameron Payne, just a sniper. I mean, he was playing in China, I think, last year, and now he's a very key piece to... Uh, their title run right here this year. And you got Jay Crowder. I mean, he's always been a contributor on many different championship teams. He's on the Heat last year. He was on the Cavs with LeBron when they were making finals runs. Uh, he was also on the Celtics when uh, they almost made a finals run. So, I mean, he he's just a great 3 and D player, one of the best in the league. And then when you got Devin Booker playing like a superstar, we already knew he was a budding superstar, but now he's actually playing like one. He's broken out into one. And you have Chris Paul, great veteran, is just probably the best leader or or not the best leader, but definitely top five leader in the NBA. And you have DeAndre Ayton, who's playing the best basketball of his life right now. So everything's really fitting together with the Suns right now. And that compared to the Clippers, the Clippers just are going to have to rely on people like Terrence Mann. They had to rely on him in order to even win that game versus the Jazz. If he wasn't even there, then they wouldn't have even come close to winning that game. And they would be playing a game seven tonight, but uh, as we're filming this, but and they also have to rely on guys like Reggie Jackson to have good games. And overall, I'm just not as confident in the Clippers' depth as I am in the Suns. Obviously, the Suns are coming into the series as the favorite. They're already up 1-0 as we're filming this. So, uh, I, I mean, the Kawhi Leonard injury is really going to hurt them, of course. That's obviously hurting their depth. I, I'm going to have to agree with you, Tyler. I think it's 4-1 most likely. Uh, as of right now, I don't think Leonard's, uh, Kawhi Leonard is going to play the entire series. I could be wrong, but if he doesn't, uh, I'm going to take a 4-1 Suns victory, and they're going to be headed to the NBA Finals. Andrew, before you say something really quickly, I want to add that the Clippers, uh, they were down 25 in the second quarter against that Jazz team and ended up coming back. That, what I think, was it in the third quarter? Sorry, Early third. Yeah, so what I think that shows about this team is that they, obviously they have some really bad stretches. Like, they, they... throughout this playoffs in the Mavericks series specifically, they had some stretches where they literally couldn't make a shot. But what it shows is that they have some really scrappy players that can go on runs like Reggie Jackson. Patrick Beverly was really important in their comeback in that game. So I feel like that if they can make shots and they can play good defense because they have a bunch of players, including Rajon Rondo, that can also play good defense and that can share the ball and that can probably help in a comeback. I feel like that could definitely change the pace of the series because if they can steal a game from the, Suns, then it could change things. I personally don't think they can. I feel like that the Suns just have more talent than them, but that's definitely something to watch because they're a really, really scrappy team. Paul George is, has been good. Uh, he was good against the Jazz late in the Jazz uh, series. And so if he can stay on that run and players around him can continue to potentially make shots and be good, definitely think that it could be a close series, but I still just think Suns are a better team overall. I think I agree with you guys that the Suns are going to come out on top, except I do think it's going to go past five games. I think I'm leaning towards it going six or seven. And the only reason why is because like going into the playoffs, especially after the first round series with the Clippers against the Mavericks, I was like, okay, they're obviously the better team, but the Clippers were super consistent, you know, down 2-0 and 3-2. But then they would have these games where they'd shoot like 60% from three and just win because they literally couldn't miss. I mean, literally everyone on their team, as you mentioned, Patrick Beverly, Reggie Jackson, guys like Terrence Mann, Nicholas Batum, just making threes from all over the court. And then obviously Kawhi and uh, Paul George were good as well. 
Um, but now with, with uh, excuse me, Kawhi Leonard out, I I don't know if they have enough to beat the Suns just because I think Chris Paul is going to play in this series. I don't know if it's going to be next game, but but he looks like he's in good spirits, and I think that after like the ten day requirement, he'll probably just be back out there. So I think he's going to. Uh, I think he's for sure coming back, but I can't say the same about Kawhi Leonard because all we know so far is that Kawhi Leonard has an ACL injury and that's really no joke. And I don't think Kawhi Leonard wants to jeopardize his career, especially going into an off season where he has already said he's probably going to decline his player option and sign probably a new max deal with either or most likely the Clippers or potentially another team. But that's the irrelevant part. Um, Drew, you so badly want to say he's going to the Knicks right now. It's so funny. You're trying to hide it, but we can all tell. I mean, I wouldn't mind if he went to the Knicks, but it's good to point out that I don't think he wants to like test out a career-ending injury for some players going into a contract uh, negotiation period this summer. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just I don't trust the Clippers as much as I trust the Suns because the Suns have been more consistent. And like Dean said, their role players have been better uh, and, as I said, more consistent than the Clippers' role players. Guys like McCal Bridges, Cam Johnson, Jay Crowder, Campaign, they've all been really good. And Devin Booker, has, I think he's honestly been the best player in this playoffs. I know KD was pretty good, um, but I think his scoring's a little higher because he had less help. But no one can guard Devin Booker on the Clippers. And if they double him, the Suns are one of the best three-point shooting teams uh, in the league right now um and throughout the entire season so i i think that it's going to be really tough for the clippers to win because they don't have anyone that can match up one-on-one and i think that offensively the clippers are really inconsistent especially like shooting like i think the clippers will be able to win a couple games just by hitting like 50 percent of their threes because they shot like i think the highest three-point percentage in a season of all time they do have some good shooters but it, i don't think that is enough to carry them without Kawhi. yeah i just feel like their inconsistencies with like a lot of their depth players. Like for example, like Luke Kennard, I mean, he's done nothing this playoffs and he's being paid like what? 14, $15 million a year. He's been ridiculously. Yeah. It's just like, that's like, you need players like that when you're, when you're without your best players, you need players like that to step up and be consistent. And I feel like, especially without Kawhi Leonard, their inconsistencies aren't going to be able, they're not going to be able to like overcome their inconsistencies, especially against the Suns team who have been really consistent throughout the playoffs. The Suns have been a team that consistently can put up around a hundred points or more a game because they have so many options that can score. Despite Devin Booker putting up 40, I think they had two or three or four players that put up double digits. And when that happens and you already have a player that puts up 40, you're going to win most of the time. So I feel like the Suns are just going to be too much for the Clippers in the series. Uh, yeah. Also, one more thing I'd like to point out. Um, I think Paul George has definitely like kind of squandered all of the criticism from last year, just because he was solid in the Maverick series. It's only a couple bad shooting performances. In the Utah series, he started out a little shaky, but obviously he finished super strong. And I think that Paul George is honestly better off as a number one option on a team, the number two option, because like when you look at him, like on the Pacers, like he was, he took as a young player, like most improved player, he took LeBron James and that super team to seven games. But then right when he went to Oklahoma city to play with a second star, who was at the time, Russell Westbrook, who was a better player than him who was literally coming off of an MVP season where he averaged triple-double. Paul George was terrible in the playoffs. And then now with Kawhi, 
he he hasn't been terrible in the playoffs, but he hasn't been like that MVP, all NBA caliber of a player that we know Paul George can be. But now all of a sudden when Kawhi goes out, Paul George, he's way more efficient and he plays better. And I think that he knows how to be number one option better than number two option. And because of that, I think this series is probably going to go a little farther than some people think, despite uh, how much better the Suns may look on paper. And I feel like I agree with you there. I feel like he's way better when he has the ball in his hands more. He's a 1v1 player. He likes to go at people, try to get around them or try to get an open shot. And I feel like, like you said, he was really good on the Pacers because he could do that whenever he wanted. He was the best player on that team by far. And he's shown that he can. Personally, I feel like if Kawhi Leonard does end up leaving this offseason, he can be the number one option for the Clippers and still make them remain as a, a, a playoff team. Not as good as they are right now, but I think they can still remain as a playoff team. Maybe he'll get a second option if uh, Kawhi leaves like DeMar DeRozan or Kyle Lowry that are still like all-star caliber. But I feel like he has shown in the late Jazz series, and maybe he can show in this series, that he he is a player that can be a number one option and his play style makes him that. Dean, what do you think? I think that um, he's definitely, like Andrew said, gotten away from the pandemic P. That's all Kristaps Porzingis now. But uh, I don't know. I think it may be a bit of a stretch if he doesn't, if Kawhi Leonard leaves and he doesn't really get replaced by someone of an all-star caliber player. I don't know if he can lead the Clippers to a, like a secure playoff spot. I think maybe a playing team now that the playing tournament is now a new rule in the NBA playoffs. But um, I mean, Paul George has definitely gotten a lot of uh, haters. He's proved a lot of the haters wrong, but uh, I don't know if he can like still keep the Clippers in a solid playoff team tier. Yeah, I definitely think going kind of moving back to this series, it's going to be a series where a lot of the time when Devin Booker, like obviously the surrounding players need to play well too, but I feel like something that might come down to it is who plays better in a game, Devin Booker or Paul George, because they're both without their best players out or with about out their Kawhi Leonard and Chris Paul out they're going to have to rely on being the number one options on their team. So if they can put up a lot of points, but also help their other teammates out and get them good shots and stuff, bring uh, draw double teams and stuff like that, because Devin Booker did today, Paul George can definitely too, when they're either winning or he's really playing really well offensively. If that happens, I feel like that could be a game changer because they're both really, really good offensive scorers. And when they're on, they're on. Also, one last thing before I move to the uh, Eastern Conference uh, Finals matchup. I'm very curious to see if the Clippers uh, do what they did uh, against the Jazz, which worked really well, and to the Mavericks to some extent, which is go small. Um, they did it a little bit, and it worked on some possessions, but like as a whole, it wasn't good enough to win them the game. Like They beat the Jazz because they went small, and Rudy Gobert just couldn't do anything about it. But it looks like so far, DeAndre Aiden has done an okay job. And I'm curious to see if they try to play big because they did have DeMarcus Cousins out there for some minutes. I think he had like five fouls in like 10 minutes or something funny like that. And Zubots was definitely out there. But DeAndre Aiden, I think it's just going to take advantage of them. So I think it's going to be interesting to see if the Clippers try to match up with him from a center or if they try to just play five out and only use guards and forwards. And I think... This is a series where they could really use Serge Ibaka. I have literally no idea what happened to him. He's, he's got the rest out. of the playoffs. Yeah, I know he's playoffs. out for the rest of the playoffs, but it doesn't really make sense. After the All-Star break, he got injured, and 
he was out forever and then he played in game no, of the got, Maverick he, series. He got injured again. He got injured yeah, again. It's a different yeah. injury. Barely played I mean, and then he got injured again. He barely played and then he, he got injured again and then he actually started the playoffs and then went out with the injury and just hasn't came back. Uh, I see him on the sidelines in some weird outfits, but he I think uh he would he would be very helpful for them because he's actually an athletic big that could maybe put up a fight against DeAndre Ayton and also shoot. Just I, I just don't think that even with the Clippers going small, they can have some success. But like, like DeAndre Ayton is actually a skilled big man, unlike Rudy Gobert. He has post moves. He can make like a like yeah, a he's short offensive mid- skill. He can make a short mid range jump shot. So we'll see how that plays out. I'm interested to see. But one one more thing before we move on. I like I I mean I definitely agree with you how you talk about like how when the Suns go big, the they the Clippers might want to go small. But I feel like it's also the other way around. Like, there were moments in this game where Dario Sarge was the biggest player for the Suns on the court when DeAndre Aiden was either in foul trouble or he needed some rest. The Clippers went on runs when Boogie Cousins was in the game when he was against Dario Sarge. He postered Dario Sarge today. He drew a, a couple of fouls off of him, and he played well when the, the Suns went small. I feel like that's definitely something that the Clippers need to do because I feel like they're outmatched with skill. I feel like the Suns overall might be the more skilled team but I feel like they might have to do more kind of like matchup wise to win the series and I feel like that's definitely one of the things that could change it because if they can go uh, big or small when the Suns are doing the opposite it could definitely change the reins of a game or in even the series all right um yeah definitely gonna be an exciting uh series can't wait to watch the rest of it um And now we're going to move on to the Eastern Conference. So as we're recording this, the Atlanta Hawks just defeated the Philadelphia 76ers um, in Game 7. It was a pretty interesting game. I know we all have a lot to talk about this game. I'll quickly uh, start off by saying um, I think the Hawks, like most people didn't really have them going far in the playoffs. Um, Obviously, I wanted my favorite team, the Knicks, to beat them. Um, but I knew the Hawks were a more talented team, and I didn't think they'd get by Philly. Um, but with how badly Ben Simmons played and just Joel Embiid being injured and run down, the Hawks were able to take advantage of him. And the Hawks are no joke now, as we know. Um, going into the series against the Bucks, they're they're definitely going to have a huge a huge task ahead of them with guarding Giannis. I don't really know how they're going to do it. I think they might try to put Clint Capella on him. Um, or maybe John Collins, or maybe they'll just uh, double him and just force other guys uh, to beat him. I think they could really use DeAndre Hunter in this series to match up with Giannis and just give him some more like physicality because John Collins is a little a little slimmer than Giannis, not by much, but just a little slimmer. Um, and I'm also I'm also excited to see how they guard Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton because they don't have great perimeter defenders. Their best one is probably uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich. But the problem is, uh, if you watched Game 7, you saw that um, he wasn't out there during the, the final minutes because of a nagging knee injury that he has. He has some like knee soreness. So it seems as though that's definitely affecting him. And I don't really trust Kevin Herter or Lou Williams or like Trey Young to be carding guys like Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton. Um, so I think the Bucks are going to be able to win this series. Uh, I don't think it'll be a sweep. I think Atlanta gets at least one game just because they have the potential to like 
drop 130 points in a game whenever they want based on how many shooters they have. But I just think that it's going to be too difficult for them to guard the Bucs in this series. Yeah. Um, I think that there are too many, uh, too many uh, players on the Bucs uh, to be contained uh, by the Hawks. I don't think the Hawks are going to be able to contain all of Giannis, Drew Holiday, and Middleton because there are going to be some games in this series where all of them are basically going to be near unstoppable in the Hawks' perspective. And they're just going to absolutely crush the Hawks. I think that uh, uh, having John Collins on uh, Giannis, I, I assume that's what's going to happen. And when he tries to drive in, Clint Capella will be there to help. But I assume uh, John Collins will be there uh, sticking with Giannis or trying to for the majority of the game. I, I just don't really think it's going to work out. I, I don't see Trey Young really stopping Drew Holiday. I mean, he was playing really, really well down the stretch in Game 7 versus the Nets. And also, Chris Middleton is going to have those games where he shows why he's an all-star. But uh, I, I think that, I mean, the Hawks, like Andrew said, they have potential to drop 130 points. But uh, a really good defensive team like Philly uh, held them to, what, did they win by, uh, did they hold them to under under 100 points? No, it was 103.97, I think. It was it was still a low, still a low-scoring game. I think the Bucs are also a very uh, good defensive team, as we all know. They have Giannis, they have Middleton, Drew Holiday, all of them are top defenders at their position um i think that this series won't really be that close i think that the hawks can max win two games i think that it will be 4-1 i don't know if andrew said 4-1 or 4-2 but um i just think they're they're the hawks aren't going to be able to guard Giannis, middleton andrew holiday because when the bucks are rolling like they were in game seven towards uh the end of the game they look unstoppable i think that uh, they're they're going to win the entire thing playing like that. So if they do, if they keep it up, if they stay uh, locked in and stay on their game, I definitely think they're going to have an easy time getting to the finals versus the uh, versus the Hawks. Yeah, I forgot if I said this, but uh, my prediction would be four two Bucks, uh, just because I, I I think I think the Hawks can can shoot well a few games, but I feel like Trey is going to have a tough time with Drew Holiday guarding. Yeah, before Tyler um, talks. I'm going to give the Hawks uh, max two wins, but I think it'll be 4-1. Um, so going back, before I talk about my prediction, going back to what Dean was saying about like guarding Giannis, I think that the best thing that the, uh, that the, uh, the Hawks will be able to do is I think they'll put Clint Capella on Giannis. I think that's their best shot with him because Brooke Lopez plays a lot on uh, the perimeter. He shoots a lot of threes. He, they usually play Giannis mostly in the post. Like, he's the one that usually is in the post more than Brooke Lopez. So I feel like they'll probably put John Collins on Brooke Lopez, have him guard the perimeter, and then have Clint Capella, their best defender by a mile, in, in the interior guarding Giannis. So I feel like that's probably their best chance to contain Giannis. I don't even know if Clint Capella will be able to, but, I mean, probably their best shot. Um, so... I actually think this series is going to be closer than people think, than Dean and Andrew think. And before giving my prediction, I want to say why. So Dean was just talking about how the Sixers are a good defensive team. The Knicks are also a good defensive team. The Hawks beat both of them. The Hawks surprised both teams with their offensive firepower. Trey Young, even though he shot 
terribly in this game seven against the Sixers his surrounding cast was able to do enough Clint Capella was really good in the paint against Joel Embiid and was able to get those lobs was able to get rebounds on Onye- Yeka Okongu played valuable minutes and got some offensive rebounds too Kevin Quater had his best game of the season today putting up 27 points if Bogdan Bogdanovich is uh healthy and can play he's also a great perimeter scorer and Danilo Gallinari was really really good in today uh in game seven too. He's been great all around the playoffs too. So I feel like that, and John Collins has a good mid range. He's athletic. He can, he's, he's a shot blocker. I mean, he's not a great defender, but he's a shot blocker and he's good on the offensive side with offensive boards and being overall, just playing athletically and working hard. So I feel like that this Hawks team can do, can, I feel like they can upset the Bucks. I feel like both, I mean that both in the series, and I mean that both like in the actual game. Like they can make the Bucks physically mad because they can go on streaks where they literally don't miss. I mean, today in today's game in the third quarter, there was a streak where the the I think that the Sixers were up by four, and then the Hawks like two minutes later were up five or six. Like because Danilo Gallinari hit a three, Kevin Quader had an and one, Trey Young hit like a three from like basically the logo i feel like that this team has a lot more firepower than both the knicks and the sixers thought that there is a chance that it, the bucks could be rattled and although i like andrew was talking about chris middleton and drew holiday i mean like they, they'll probably have easy baskets like basically every time down the court i mean trey young can't guard drew holiday kevin quater can't guard chris middleton i feel like that's going to be the game changer which kind of I feel like it's going to be the, the, the key to the series, in my opinion, is going to be can the Bucs hold Giannis to under 30 points a game? Because if they can do that, that's impressive. And if Chris Middleton, if Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday put up more points combined than Trey Young and Kevin Quader, if they do that, I feel like the Bucs have an easy series. But I feel like it might not be as easy as people think it is. Kevin Quader had a great game today in a, in a game that's probably the biggest of his life. So although he might not be able to keep it up, if Bogdan Bogdanovich can uh, help out, that would be huge for them. So I'm going to go with a prediction of 4-3 bucks just because I feel like the Hawks, like, I mean, Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday should, like, I mean, Trey Young can't guard them. Kevin Quater can't guard them. Bogdan's injured. Lou Will can't play defense. So just the guard defense, like Andrew's talking about for the Hawks, is atrocious. So I just feel like, it's going to be too much for the to the Hawks to win the series, but I actually think they can push it to seven, and if they get there, they definitely have a chance. Tyler, I don't think it's a matter of who's scoring more combined points. Trey Young and, what'd you say, Kevin Herter or Drew Holiday and uh, Chris Middleton. I think it's a matter of if they can guard Giannis, and the answer is no, they can't stop Giannis. They're, and if they're focused... How, how, do you, how do you know that? How do, since when has, like... When was the last time Giannis was basically containable other than the Heat series? He hasn't been able to be, be contained. And who's going to go? Yeah, but, but that doesn't mean that if he plays relatively well, the Hawks can't win a game. Like, no, I never said the, the Hawks can't win a game. Trey Young can put up 40 any night, too. Okay, like, Tyler, he, had a, he had an awful game today against the best, one, arguably the best offensive team in the league against uh, one, what, Tyler. five for 23, and the team won anyway because their surrounding cast is underrated. The surrounding cast is underrated, but at least they weren't playing into surrounding cast full of non-shooters. The reason why Giannis won't get locked up like he did against the Bucks last year, and the reason why they sw- the reason why the Bucks, against the, the Bucks depth is worse than the Sixers. It, the you depth, can't make that argument. Their best it, player it doesn't off the bench. matter. They're, it's they're, the playoffs. 
Connaughton. It doesn't like, matter. Your 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 best player. This is not the regular season. This is the playoffs. Your best players all play forty plus minutes. Yeah, it's but, like, but, but, it but when Giannis matter. is sitting out, when Giannis is sitting out, and Chris Middleton is being Chris is Middleton. Being Chris Middleton has shown that he can be the best player on the Bucks at times so far this series. He has he carried the Bucks single handedly to when, multiple but when, how wins. About, how about when it's playoffs. Chris Middleton on the floor? And no Giannis, no Drew Holiday, and Trey Young on the floor. Tyler. Which team would you put up more? Which team do you think will put up more points? I trust. I trust the Bucks because they're a better defensive team, regardless of who's on the floor. And Chris Middleton has shown that he can be the best player on the team on a playoff team that wins games. You want to know why? The yeah, he- wait, you, you're saying he can be a number one option on a playoff team. I mean, and you said he's he he shown that he's shown that. Was it you or Dean that said Paul George could? So I didn't it, say Paul George. Kid. No one ever said Paul George can be the number. Chris one. Middleton. It's not about Paul George. Chris Middleton has shown no, the I'm just that he asking, can carry the Bucks Paul George, to the do win. Do you think Chris Middleton could be a number one option on a contending team, and Paul George can't? Not like making it to the finals, no. But he can win. I'm games not saying they're going to make it to the finals. The I'm just saying Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton's good enough to the point where if Giannis were to have an off night or two, he's good enough to be the best player on the team. But, but, the, that but wins the thing, the but the thing that you're not taking into account is that the. The, 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 the defending team is always, the first option in the court is always going to be Giannis. Like, Chris Middleton's rarely getting double teamed. Exactly. He's got double teamed plenty of times this year. And, and that's, and that's, that, like, that's part of my, that's part of what I'm saying why Chris Middleton's going to So, so if, win. if Chris Middleton's the number one option on a team and, and he's, he's getting, getting double teamed, no- how do you know, how do you know that he'll be able to be I'm good? Not, I'm not, I'm, Tyler, you're not understanding. I'm not saying that Chris Middleton can be the number one option on a championship winning team. I'm just saying if Giannis were to, it, with Giannis playing with the same team, if Giannis has an off night or one of these games where he's just not on it, I I still don't think the Hawks have a good chance of winning because who are, who is going to guard Chris Middleton? Like you that's, can't you can't tell me that Kevin Herter is going to guard. Why I still Chris have Middleton. the Bucks. Also, Kevin Herter had the best game of his career. The best game of his career. Twenty-seven points is the most he's ever dropped in a playoff series. I mean, he's what? This is the, his first one. But I guarantee you, he's never dropped more than that. And, and also, the thing about stopping Giannis, you did mention that they can just clog the paint, and that's and not going to work. Clink up and, but that's not going to work because the the reason why the Bucks lost to the Heat in the bubble was because overall they didn't have enough consistent three point shooters. The reason why they swept the Heat this year is because everyone on their team could make threes. The Heat played Giannis the exact same way they played him in the bubble, and it wasn't like Giannis was playing but- was going off MVP level every game. But they had other guys making wide open threes. Drew Holiday and Chris Milton were but, both, but the Hawks can do that too. But the Hawks can do that too. Okay, That's so the they thing. can. He couldn't so, do that. Duncan so Robinson had a terrible series. Tyler Hero couldn't shoot. Jimmy Butler couldn't shoot. Bam out of bio couldn't but shoot. But that wouldn't I mean, have mattered. Now the Hawks have Trey Young, Bogdan Bogdanovich, Kevin Quader, Danilo Gallinari. They can all shoot threes consistently. That's the they thing that's different. Okay, Trey Young is. They can put Drew Holiday and Trey Young. They can put. They can put uh, Chris Middleton on either Herder or Bogdanovich. I'm not saying that they're going to win this series. I'm just saying that I think it's closer than people think. Because I feel like the Hawks have more offensive power, firepower, and have been able to hang with and beat teams that have, are that are really good defensively. Obviously, the Bucks are a better offensive team than probably the 76ers and definitely the Knicks. So that's why I still have them, have them winning the series. But the the Hawks were able to beat both the Knicks and the Sixers when they're two of the best defensive teams in the league. The that's Sixers also have a point guard who can't score more than eight points. I understand what you're saying. Drew Holiday can definitely is, go off for more than it, 20. At the end of the day, at the in end of the day, I don't think it matters because no matter how the Sixers I mean, sorry, no matter how the Hawks play defensively, either guarding Giannis straight yeah, up with one person the or, no or double teaming him, it won't matter because 
the Bucks are really good three point shooting team. And they have other guys that can go one-on-one and get a shot, especially when they're being guarded by subpar defensive players. So I know, I know the Hawks can shoot well. And that's why I'm, I'm giving them a couple games because, you know, maybe like at home and, you know, the Bucks, the Bucks they, are known been better to, on the road the whole year. The, the Bucks are known to be playoff chokers. And I don't think Mike Boldenholzer is a better coach named McMillan. So I think that's why the Hawks might be able to take a few games from just shooting well. But I think the Bucks are just more purely talented and, even like even when it looked like the Nets were stopping Giannis a little bit, he was still averaging like thirty points. In yeah, that he put series. up forty in the last. He game. put up forty in the last. He put up forty in the last game, and I think now that Giannis learned that he can't just be like shooting like fadeaways and like just pull up threes on fast breaks. Like now that he knows, like like Giannis, if he's not in the paint or posting up, he's not shooting. He's passing the ball now, and I think that's gonna be the reason why the Bucks win the series because. When Giannis doesn't take uh, stupid shots, I mean, the, the Bucks are insanely hard to guard. No, yeah. The the thing about the Bucks is that they their two guards are both good defensive players and are good offensive players, too. I mean, Drew Holiday's semi-good on offense. I mean, he's way better on the defensive side of the ball, but he's pretty good on offense. And Drew, Chris Middleton has shown he can be an offensive threat. Um, and then, obviously, Giannis is always going to be the center of attention. Don't but the thing that also... What? They also have PJ. Oh yeah, I forgot about PJ Tucker. PJ Tucker is going to be a game changer. Their starting that lineup guy, is stacked defensively. I mean, no, yeah, that that's the thing. Like the, it's pro- even though the Knicks and the Sixers were good defensively, the Bucks are going to be the best defensive team that the, they're going to play just because they match up better. Like the, the Hawks match matched up, up better. Than the, Hawks, the, Sixers. Yeah. the Hawks matched up better than the Sixers than they do the Bucks just because they could Clint Capella can match up with Joel and B. Ben Simmons can't shoot. Trey Young can't play defense. Like it, they matched up way better than the Sixers than they can with the Bucks, which is obviously concerning. And that's, I mean, obviously that's why I have the Bucks winning. I just feel like with their offensive firepower, and if the Bucks don't make too many shots, I think that the Hawks can steal some games and potentially win the series if they're lucky. But uh, yeah, I also think that it's like last thing before we go to shot block. What I didn't like in the last couple possessions against the Nets in Game Seven. I did not like how the ball was in Chris Middleton's hands taking threes and it was not in Giannis in a 1v1 scenario against like Blake Griffin in the post. Give your ball to the best player. Let him drive. Let him get fouled, although he's not a good free throw shooter. That's another thing concerning about the Bucs. Not a very good free throw shooting team. Um, But I feel like in that scenario, even, even if he's not a good free throw shooter, give the ball to Giannis. And if you're in that scenario against the Hawks, and he's even if he's being guarded by Clint Capella, I think you still do it. But if he's if he's being guarded by John Collins, give him the ball every possession because Giannis will just be able to get around him, and his athleticism can make him dunk. Or I mean, he'll be able to dunk. I understand. I understand your point, Tyler. But when when you need one shot, like in a one possession game, like Chris Middleton's they're skill up set, two. They're up. They were. I, I know. Okay, but the worst play, Toronto. Up, they, that was a worst. It was. It, it was a bad that, play. That, that's my understand. Play. I was the look, play. Look, the play was. Look, 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 look. Listen, listen, listen. That's Brook Lopez's problem. fault. That's Brook Lopez's fault. He the, sold the, that entire that entire. Listen, play. listen. The, the play ball. being. No, 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 no. That was a completely different play. This was he's, an. He's open. talking about a different play. He's talking about. He's talking. He look, Tyler. Listen. I don't remember if it was an OT. Running the play for Chris Middleton is actually not the problem. The execution no. of the play was, was in terrible. regular. It was in regular. 
I don't remember, but they were up by two, and there was. Like, I know. I know what you're it, talking about. There was about, like Tyler. thirty seconds left on the clock, and Giannis was this in was, the post. Everyone yeah. was on one side of the court. Giannis was in the post against Bla- uh, Blake Griffin, one v one. He's Chris talking, went he's 1v1 talking against, like, about how they could have won in regulation before they went to OT. Instead of giving it to Giannis and letting him cook and make it a two possession game. Tyler, anyway. I don't think you understand. You have to look at Giannis's skill set, like. In a scenario like that where it's a one-possession game and you're you're calling a timeout to run the play, like Chris Middleton's skill set and what he does well is more fitting. Like you, you're gonna have to draw that play up play up for him because Blake Griffin actually was playing decent defense yeah, he was in actually, that game. Actually kind of fine and defense. if you put like Giannis, the thing is, if you were to say like either Giannis or Chris Middleton last second shot, I just I need to give the ball to someone and have them go get a bucket. Like you're gonna give it to Chris Middleton. No yeah, offense Giannis to Giannis. Can't get in his bag you can't like you, you you can't you can't just put Giannis in the post and hope he scores. Because here's the thing, they're either gonna foul him, which as you said, he can't make free throws, or they're just gonna double team him and the ball's gonna go to someone else anyway. So I you just, might as well you might as well not risk Brooke Lopez, play, as Dean said, I, you I, might as well not risk Brooke Lopez somehow getting the ball in the final seconds. Just put it in Chris Middleton's hands, who's shown the ability to make clutch shots before, I understand rather than Giannis, who can't do anything one-on-one. It just didn't sit well with me that they didn't give it to their best player in the time where they needed to. Because I understand I feel like, that, and, yeah. like, like, I just, It like, doesn't... Yeah. Giannis you, has been you would think, why Budenholzer's not a good coach. You would, think, you would think that Giannis would be able to dominate, but Giannis, like... He can't score like you can't just give him the ball in the perimeter. And he's either, he, he can't by the score way, he's either going to get fouled or like there's no way in that scenario that he misses the shot and doesn't get fouled. He either gets fouled or makes it. That's that's the scenario for me because Blake. But if he gets fouled, but but the thing is, he's he just going rather, to get double. I, would, I personally would rather like like he still has the chance to like. If he makes one and two, they still can't lose in that scenario. I just feel like, and my, and if I'm the coach in that scenario, I feel like I would rather give it to my best player and let him go to work in the post where he's most comfortable and potentially either push it to two, uh, potentially either push it to two possessions or get a foul and make it uh, a three point game, than have Chris Middleton shoot a contested three at the top of the key. Like I, I, that's I, def- my I definitely understand that's your my, point. I definitely understand your point, and like. In in la- in like end of game scenarios and like last shot last shot uh, scenarios, it, it's really hard with a limited amount of time to like get someone set up in the post. Like Giannis needs like the structure of like being in the post to score. Yeah, whereas, that's like, a process for him. exactly that's like it thing. take it takes longer to set up. Whereas like the shot clock was low on that play, they needed to get a shot up fast. So like giving the ball to Chris Milton gives them a better chance yeah, to score. It in that definitely scenario, makes but... sense. It just didn't sit well with me because they have Giannis on their team. He can easily, he honestly, he can probably get a bucket when he wants to, especially against like if it's a really good defensive player, maybe not. But Blake Griffin isn't known for his defense. Like I, it just, I mean, I understand. Definitely, it. Like, definitely, I understand a valid it. point. Yeah, yeah, I understand why they gave the ball to Chris Milton because most late game shots are usually like threes, but like. I don't know. I just thought they probably should have given it. Yeah, to no, it, it's definitely a valid point, and it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out if there is a last second uh, shot scenario. Because no, because Giannis case. will probably unless they if if it's John Collins on Giannis, then do they either give it to him or do they have Chris Middleton like play against like Trey Young or Kevin Quater, who's also not a very good defender? So they definitely have a choice there. So I think we can yeah, we'll see. Thing about Kevin Herter, he's probably not going to be that much of a factor in the Hawks uh, bout versus the Bucks. All right. Yeah. Well, 
I mean, uh, wait, 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 wait. Before we move on, he was being guarded by Matisse Seibel. Matisse Seibel is not a bad defender. He He's was on. Male. He was being guarded by Seth Curry. Matisse, like no, 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 no. But in the late on, game, Matisse was scenarios. In late in the late game scenarios, he 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 had a couple of buckets in late game scenarios and being guarded by a good defender in Matisse Seibel. I understand Tyler. that. We're not going to forget mean, that. That was like a one. Kevin Herter hit some of the luckiest shots I've ever seen in my life, and you cannot deny that. Same with Gallo. Okay, it was it was it's some really lucky, lucky, but still, song. like if, if he can if he can put up twelve to fifteen to twenty points, then it, it, that's a lot. That's a great contribution from him because Obviously, it's a good twenty points team. is a great contribution for Kevin Herter. But yes, I don't know if he can do that consistently. Tennis too, so we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. We'll see how it plays out. But we're, we're going to move on to the shot clock now. So instead of what we normally do, which is ask everyone a question, um, I'm sorry in advance for the shot clock, everyone. Because we because we only have three people here, and the draft lottery uh, is uh, this upcoming Tuesday. So we're going to be releasing this podcast on Monday. So uh, tomorrow uh, is the draft lottery, and there are three teams that have the best odds, the same odds to get the number one overall pick. Uh, those teams are the Rockets, the Pistons, uh, and the Orlando Magic, who actually have two picks. So I guess they have a better chance than some of the other uh, teams unless they uh, because they have the potential to move up. Uh, all three of these teams have a 14% chance of getting them one pick, so it's dead even. So uh, we're each just going to pick a team uh, that we're going to root for. And next podcast... Uh, we're going to see uh, who was right uh, after the draft lottery. You all, uh, listeners, you can think of which team you want. Um, I'll just go first quickly. Um, I will be rooting for the Detroit Pistons. I'm going to pick them. <laughs> it's good. You're becoming their first fan. Congratulations, Pistons. Yeah, I'm going to be an honorary Pistons fan just because, you know, they're from Michigan and their franchise is so bad. Um, they have zero talent whatsoever they have so many uh draft busts in their franchise's history so you know i think i think it would actually uh be better uh for the nba if they were to get kate cunningham and become relevant again so yeah uh i'm gonna pick the pistons to get the first overall pick in the draft lottery what about you dean all right, so there's always a few teams that hop into the top four. Um, obviously, the Pelicans were one to get Zion. They got even luckier to get the number one overall pick. And then the Hornets got lucky to hop into the top four, and they got LaMelo with a third overall pick. I don't want to... I'm going to make a bold statement right here. Um, I'm going to have the team with the six highest odds at getting the number one overall pick, the Golden State Warriors. It is a bold prediction, but I had the Golden State Warriors getting the number one overall pick. They are going to be this year's lucky team. Um, I'm going to go with another team that has good odds. I'm going to go with the Houston Rockets just because of the fact I think it would be really fun to watch uh, KPJ, Cade Cunningham, and Christian Wood all on the same team. I feel like that would be a really fun uh, th- uh, trio to watch in uh, the future. So that's why I'm going to pick the Houston Rockets there. Is no reasoning other than that behind it because there's no way to really know <laughs> for any of it. But uh, whatever. I would like to point out that uh, to all the uh, listeners that instead of taking a combined eighteen and a half percent chance with the Orlando Magic at getting them one pick, Dean decided to choose a team with only a nine percent chance. So I know the draft lottery is crazy. Um, hey, 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 that's bold. That's bold. We'll always we'll happens. happens. Something always happens. And also, I would like to point out. If if that happens, the Warriors will not get that pick. Oh yeah, the, the Minnesota Timberwolves. Timberwolves. 
That's kind of dumb. Yeah, dude. Can oh I my, dude. Can I change my oh pick? wow, they would be. They would. They should dude, already. I want to change my pick. They Hold should. On. I'm changing no, they my should pick. already be a playoff team. Like D'Angelo right, so Russell, Anthony Edwards, and Carl Anthony Towns should already be a playoff changing team. His, adding Cade Cunningham, changing his adding Cade Camp, Cunningham to that team would be ridiculous. I'm changing my pick. The first overall pick will be going to the Orlando Magic. Hey, what? Why did you choose them now? With, with, with their own pick, not the Bulls pick. It'll be their own pick. But maybe the Bulls pick will go into the top four. I I would hate to see Cade Cunningham on such a rel- an irrelevant team. I'm not going to lie. Like, I mean, I think, him and Cole Anthony would be fun. But, like, I think uh, I, I Fultz? think uh, Fultz is probably going to be out for, like, half the year next year with the torn ACL or whatever. He got literally injured in the first 10 games. Quick shot clock 2.0. No, it was, like, it was, like, it was like 20 games. In. What'd you say? Which team? No, I think Markel. I think Markel will be out for a while. Wait, Andrew, I think Andrew has another honorary shot clock. Thing. This is just a, like uh, part two for shot clock. Just real quick, uh, like which which lottery team? It doesn't have to be one with one with good odds at all. But which lottery team would you like, Kate? On? Um, I can go first. I guess. Um, I would like to see Kate the most on the Rockets. Probably. Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah, the Rockets. Yeah, I, I would either stick with my. Uh, thought of the Rockets, or I'm gonna go to uh, the Pelicans. I was I mean, gonna him, the Pelicans. That's what I was thinking. Giannis and Ingram, dude. Him, honest, Giannis. Him, Zion. <laughs> him, Zion and Ingram. But him, Zion and Ingram. I think. Would be I think it'd be pretty cool. I think it'd be pretty cool. Um, I think the the only way the Pelicans would not uh, become an expansion team uh, in a few years is if they got Kate Cunningham. But I'd actually like to see him on on the Thunder because like that's his hometown, and I think him and SGA, yeah, and, like all those picks they had would be pretty. And, and they'll probably, I they're, think, they're probably going to trade Kemba Walker think, for a DC. Yeah, they're they're hundred percent going to trade Kemba. Well, Walker. you never know. They could do the thing they did with Chris Paul. You never know because he's but an inspiring. Really not that type of a player. No, True. no, no, no. They're not going to keep. Uh, I, they, I would bet that if, no this is a bold him. prediction. Bold prediction for the draft. I think if the Thunder, like their projected fourth pick, they have the fourth best odds. They're probably going to have a pick somewhere around there. I think the Thunder, like, they might try to, if they don't get the first pick, I think they might try to just trade literally all of their first-round picks for the number one pick and just get Cade. I think that would be something. No, I, they I have don't so think top many four protectors. The Rockets is, have I to think, the top I think it would make more sense. I think it would make more sense because I, I don't think the person that gets the number one overall pick is going to trade the number one overall pick. But think about like, it this way. But think about no, this way. I think, think it's, it's more the Rockets, likely that they get listen, to the second or third and get Evan Mobley because yeah, he would be true, a good fit but, for them too. But listen to this. So if the Rockets don't get a top four pick, the pick is going to go to the Thunder. And the Thunder also have their own pick. So let's say the Thunder get like picks like two, like five and like three or like five and two they could trade those two picks and like they have a trove of uh, they have a trove of other picks too they could also I just, like i just don't see a, it's a the number one overall like pick that. trading it i just i can't see like if the magic get the number one overall pick or i don't know who else would i just don't see them trading personally the Magic do have a lot of young guards, though. Cole Anthony, RJ Hampton, Markel Fultz. I mean, Fultz if you're the Magic, if you're the Magic, if you're the Magic and you're going to be bad and irrelevant either way, would you rather add, like, a fourth young guard or try to develop them and just take Evan Mobley and, like, Jonathan Kuminga? Well, you like, already have two centers, too. I mean, I would still take Evan Mobley. Yeah. Mo, Mo Bamba's the bust. <laughs> yeah, I no. know, but you still have Mo Bamba and Wendell Carter Jr. on basically the exact same. Okay, well, project. then you can get you could get Jalen Green and Jonathan Kuminga. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's so many options. Jaylen, yeah, not Jalen Suggs. There's, I mean, there's, there's so I, many, I, I, feel I, like, I think. I feel like the team that gets the number one overall pick, if you really, like, 
I feel like all teams probably have Kate Cunningham as their number one overall prospect. If it's a position of need, I mean, I guess if you're the Magic, you might be trade down. Don't draft for really any other team. If you, it, it, I don't think. Yeah, like Dean was saying, I don't think they draft for need. I feel like they Never draft because Kate Cunningham thing. is the best prospect in the draft. I feel like it's more likely that the Thunder put together a couple of picks and trade to the two or three spot to get Evan Mobley and pair him up with SGA. I feel like that makes more sense. Yeah, def- uh, definitely. Um, I mean, like we'll be we'll be talking more about the draft uh, after the lottery. Uh, we'll see who wins the lottery. But uh, just to recap, so. Dean's Dean's got the Magic winning lottery. Tyler's got the Rockets. Now I've got the Pistons. Um, and yeah, we're gonna we're gonna see. Definitely, definitely gonna be excited. Um, definitely thankful that the Knicks aren't in the lottery uh, again. So that'll be nice. No more stress um, on lottery night for me. But uh, yeah, thanks for thanks for uh, listening or watching. If you're watching on the YouTube channel, go follow us on all socials at AT Buzzer Podcast. And yeah, stay tuned for next for our next episode. And go enter the giveaway for uh, Buzzer Cards at Buzzer Cards on Instagram. We're doing a gu- uh, uh, giveaway for a score blaster. If you uh, do anything with sports cards, investing or collecting, uh, make sure to go look at that because it ends on the last day of June. So, yeah. See you next time.